Well, my awesome wife, Linda. Hi, Linda. She's been an HR executive for many years. She's now the chief HR officer at a great company called NetHealth. And a few years ago, she was in a previous company. She used to travel all the time going to these distribution centers all over North America. She's always been supportive of my career. And I said, Linda, I have to be supportive of your career. Let me see where you're going to be going. I'm going to see, and I'm going to come with you on one of these trips. And so I looked at her itinerary. I looked at my calendar. And my calendar was just open for a trip to Honolulu, Hawaii, and, you know, I said, honey, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there with you. And so here I was on Waikiki Beach praying for her while she was at work. <laughs> and I saw something that is a great analogy for what I'm going to be talking to you about today. I'm going to be talking to you today about the power of the Holy Spirit. And right now... I know how much it's in Pastor Jason's heart and the staff here. The people of Amplifier are saying, God, I just want to be powered by the Holy Spirit. I want to go back to almost 50 years ago to a group of people who were praying that same prayer and seeing the power of the Holy Spirit working then. But here's what I saw when I was in Waikiki Beach. I saw a few people on surfboards with paddles. And they were navigating their way through the waves. And then I saw some others who were also on surfboards navigating their way through the waves. But they were windsurfing. And you know what? They were going a lot faster. And do you know what? When it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, a lot of us are paddling around. And we read in the scriptures that the Holy Spirit is compared to the wind. And I believe what God wants us to be are wind surfers, catching the wind of the Holy Spirit and moving and navigating the waves of life in an amazing, amazing way. So here's our prayer today, and let's voice it together. It is this, God, we want to be powered by your Holy Spirit. Let, let's pray it together. God, we want to be powered by your Holy Spirit. And I'm going to look at a scripture in Acts chapter 19 that I read as a young man, as a freshman, then a sophomore in college. Acts 19 verse 1. There, Paul found some disciples. This is just outside of Ephesus. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, uh, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So think about this. Paul's running into some disciples. They're Jesus followers. And he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you became a Christian? And their answer was, the Holy who? I don't even know anything. Now, why would Paul ask them that? Well, Paul probably noticed that they were paddlers, not windsurfers. He probably noticed that somehow they were not operating in the supernatural the way that they could and he knew that there was something more and you know at age 18 Linda and I we met in this Christian singing group she auditioned as a vocalist I auditioned as a bass player and um, we ended up dating which meant I walked her to a Bible study once a week um, but the bass player always gets the girl did you ever know that but at any rate when I auditioned 
you know, the key people who were auditioning me for this group said, well, what Christian songs do you know? And I said, well, I know most Beatles songs and I know most James Taylor songs. I don't really know any Christian songs. I auditioned with Country Roads because Almost Heaven was in the words of the song. And that's about as close to Christian as we could get. But we got into this group. We were singing together. We were going to different churches on the weekends, going to school during the week. We were at IUP. And as sophomores, someone was telling us, we gave our life to Jesus, but someone started telling us about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I thought, said, well, what's that really mean? So I did a little search of the scriptures, and I read in John 15 something that made sense to me. Jesus said to his closest followers, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I said, oh, I get that. If I was there, if he was in Jerusalem, I'd be in Jerusalem. If he was in uh, Nazareth, I'd be in Nazareth. Wherever you are, Jesus, I'm going to be with you. I get it. Apart from you, we can do nothing. But then in John 16, I read something that confused me. Jesus said, oh, and by the way, you're going to be better off because I'm leaving. I said, there's no way I could be better off because you're leaving. He said, because if I leave, the Holy Spirit will come to you. It, it didn't make sense to me that being empowered by the Holy Spirit could actually be an advantage to the disciples over being in the absolute, the, the, the absolute presence of Jesus. And so I read on in Acts chapter 1 where Jesus said to them, after he died and was resurrected, he said, you know what, I want you to wait in Jerusalem. Don't go out and tell people about me. You need to wait for the Holy Spirit. I didn't get that. They, they had walked with him. They saw his miracles. They heard his teachings. Sure, they should, they should go out and tell the world now. He said, no, don't. You need to wait. And then it all started to make sense when I read Acts chapter 2. And here's what we read there. And when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Well, it was pretty clear what God was saying on the day of Pentecost. I don't want you to just operate in the natural. I want you to operate in the supernatural. I don't want you to just be paddlers. I want you to be windsurfers to catch the wind of the Holy Spirit and then go change the world. I know that's what we're so passionate about today at Amplify. And you know what? That's what they were passionate about back then in the first century. And as sophomores in college reading those words, we wanted everything that God wanted for us. We wanted to be powered by the Holy Spirit. And by the way, don't get tripped up over the fact that when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak with other tongues. It's supernatural, but it's not weird. It's just as opposed to learning a language over a period of time, like French or German, they spoke instantaneously a heavenly, instantaneously a heavenly language given to them by the Holy Spirit. And in fact, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. And he was saying, you know what? I love the fact that I pray with my mind and my understanding about things that I know you need. And we read many of his prayers in his letters. 
But he said, I'm also glad that I can pray, inspired by the Holy Spirit, um, in, in tongues in a way that changes the world. And, you know, I was looking. By the way, when, I was, when we were 18, we prayed that prayer. I prayed in tongues over all these years. I've been grateful that I can pray with the understanding for the people I love, for the things that I know. And I can pray in tongues inspired by the Holy Spirit for things I don't know. And that's what Paul was saying. And I was reading the other day a book by Mark Geppert, the founder of this amazing international organization located in our city called SEAPC. And they're making a difference all over the world. And, and look what he wrote. He, they, they travel all over the world to different countries. And look what he wrote about how he prays when he goes into a country. He wrote, spiritual work must be done in a spiritual way. With the power of the Holy Spirit, I look at the situation, allow it to touch my heart, and pray in tongues, not knowing what the Holy Spirit is communicating. My understanding is unfruitful, but the prayer is most effective. Paul invites us to be flexible and pray in the Spirit and with the understanding. I thank God that he has made a way in which I can pray for thousands of people every day without having to know who they are, where they live, or anything about their lives, except that Jesus loves them and that he has brought, them to, he has brought me to their city to pray for them. Um, so powerful. I love spiritual work must be done in a spiritual way. I don't want you to just operate in the natural. I want you to operate in the supernatural is what we see there so evidently. Uh, so clearly, in, in 1994, Mark walked and prayed in Cambodia. And he is walking and praying on these roads pockmarked by landmines that had blown up and bombs that had blown up when this dictator, Pol Pot, had slaughtered almost half of all the Cambodians who hadn't fled the country. It was one of the darkest moments in human history and it's known worldwide as the killing fields. That's what he was doing when he was praying. Now, of course, he prayed for what he knew, but he also prayed in the spirit for what he didn't do. No. And supernaturally, as he prayed, God gave him a supernatural word, a proclamation, that he began speaking all over Cambodia, including to the deputy prime minister. And this was the proclamation. In his resurrection power, Jesus will raise up from these minefields and killing fields a generation that is Christ-centered, Bible-based, Holy Spirit-filled, and academically excellent that will lead Cambodia into its future as a witness to his power. That's pretty amazing. You know what? Today, there are 16 children's homes all over Cambodia started by SEAPC. And one of those children's homes were made possible because of your generosity, because of the partnership with Amplify Church. And today there's hundreds of kids across Cambodia, including these 50, who live safely. These, li the, these kids live near the border of Thailand. They're safe from abuse. They're safe from trafficking. And they are learning what it is to be a Christ-centered person, a Bible-centered person a spirit-filled person. You know what? What happened through Mark Geppert, what's happening now through um, Matt Geppert at SEAPC, that's an evidence that when you get a hold of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, 
you'll be a world changer. Amazing things can happen. So back to the 70s. Linda and I found out some things when we prayed that prayer. God, we want to be powered by the Holy Spirit. By the way, this is us in that season of our lives. Um, people see Jesus' revolution, and they ask, were you and Linda hippies? Were you Jesus freaks? Well, we were influenced by the Jesus revolution, but clearly we were much more fashionable than the hippies and the Jesus freaks. Um, I kind of thought when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, it would, it would turn, it would solve all of my, all of my issues immediately. Here's something I found out. Being filled with, the, and filled with and powered by the Holy Spirit does not mean you will never say or do stupid things. <laughs> that has continued throughout my life at one point or another. But this is, this is absolutely true. It does open the door for you to say and do and experience supernatural things. And that's... That's why we pray that prayer. This is what happened in June of 1976. We started a Bible study a few miles away from here in Linda's parents' home. Never thought it would be more than a Bible study. There were six of us, including Linda and I. So it's two of us plus four. Um, and pretty soon it started to grow. And pretty soon it was a dozen, two dozen. By Easter of 77, we actually had to have service outside of the home because there are way too many people to fit inside of the home. And it was this amazing time that people were being changed. You know, the roots of our church were all about the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, which is exactly what we're all about today, the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. So in 1978, we moved to the Masonic Hall, which is literally right across the street from where we are today at the East Campus. And um, we just kept growing. And people kept bringing family and friends saying, come to church with me. See what God is doing. Those were amazing and powerful days. But you know what? We had a problem. We outgrew the hall. And God was doing so many things in our life. And I felt like God was saying, it's time to find a, a, a home for your church. And it was confirmed one time, because I used to lead on piano at the time, and I went up to lead worship on piano, and it was clunk, 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 clunk. I opened up the top of the piano, and here is a bottle of champagne thrown in from the night before when there was a wedding reception and it was like yeah we need we need to get a church of our own and so I found out something then when you're powered by the Holy Spirit you experience supernatural guidance I needed supernatural guidance and you know what I felt like God was saying to me clearly he said that land across the street there's about 20 acres across the street we're on that 20 acres right now but you're this is where I want you your church to be, the church to be, Amplify Church. This is where I wanted to be. And so I found out that the church was owned by, uh, the, the two people who had to sign off on the agreement were um, co-owners, but they did not talk to each other. There's some family feud going on. It's kind of like the Hatfields and the McCoys. So I was going from one to the other, and pretty much they both said the same thing. Anything that he agrees to, I will not thought, man, this is crazy. But you know, when God gives you supernatural guidance, you got to keep rolling. 
And so I kept going back. And one time I was there, and um, the, the, the wife of the one gentleman, after I was talking to him and he was shaking his head, she said, you better listen to that young pastor, Bob. You better listen to that young pastor. Your mother told us that she had a vision that there'd be a church up on that hill. And I thought, really? Thank you, God. And he said, I'll sign an agreement of sale. But just so you know, the other guy will definitely not do anything that I do. <laughs> and so I went to the other guy and was talking to him. And eventually he said, I'll sign the agreement too. They both signed the agreement. This land became ours to build. And you know what? It felt like a miracle. It was a miracle. It was a miracle. So here we went to break ground. Thank you. We went to break ground on this for the first of three buildings, and we're in, one of, in the third building that was built. And here's a picture from the groundbreaking. And these gentlemen were three friends who were our first three elders and also our board of directors. In the middle is my friend Don Glasser. He's in heaven. They're all three in heaven right now. On either side of them is Tom Glasser and Dick Venata. They just happen to be Jason Howard's grandfathers. The idea that when they were, he was about two years old when this happened. The idea that they would ever have thought our new grandson is one day going to be pastoring the church that we're breaking ground for. Absolutely amazing. And you know what? Since that time, countless lives have been changed in this place and from this place. We heard from Kendall, one, one of them. Countless lives have been changed. And you know what? You need the guidance that's supernatural from the Holy Spirit. And it's not just about where to put a church. It's about your relationships, your school, your workplace, your finances. And if there's just one reason to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's so that you would get that supernatural guidance from above. And I thank God for that. Powered by the Holy Spirit, we experience supernatural guidance. Powered by the Holy Spirit, we experience supernatural healing. You know, Pastor Jason read the story last week when Peter and John were going into the temple and they looked down at this person who was lame and said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he was miraculously healed through the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think back to those early days and I know, you know, Linda and I were still in the early days of our church singing in this singing group, and we went to one church where we sang, and at the end, a person limped up clearly in agony and came to me and said, you know what, you just sang that song. One of the songs we sang was called Get Up and Walk about Peter and John and what happened at the temple. And he said, you just sang the song, Get Up and Walk. Um, would you pray for me? My, my, my leg was crushed in a mining accident, and it's in, it's in terrible, terrible shape. And so and it was clear that it was. And so I said, well, I better get as many people as possible to pray because maybe somebody will have more faith than I do <laughs> in this situation. So we got the whole group to stand around and pray for him, and we prayed that he would be healed. And he 
looked up with this shock on his face. And he said, something happened. He left his crutches there. Later on, he let us know that the x-rays were totally normal for his leg. He was miraculously healed. He had that shocked look on his face. The only look that was more shocked than his was mine. <laughs> um, but you know what? When you open the door, God does supernatural things. And he brings supernatural healing. And over the years, there have been countless people who have found the healing power of God in this place through the power of the Holy Spirit, healing of relationships, healing of their bodies, healing of minds. Thank God for it. And he wants us to continue to experience those things because powered by the Holy Spirit, we experience his guidance. We experience supernatural healing. You know what else we experience is supernatural peace. Um, I was in my mid-20s as a young pastor, and I was asked to go to Children's Hospital to pray. There was a five-year-old boy who, was, who had some very unexpected and sudden heart issues. His name was Jason, certainly not our Jason as pastor, but uh, his name was Jason. And so I went, and I was praying for him. They are working on him. I was praying as fervently as I prayed for, for, and as I prayed for anybody, maybe even more because our daughter Holly had just been born and it was just, I just couldn't imagine how heartbreaking it was for a parent to be going through this. And the doctor came to me, Jason's parents were in the chapel praying of the hospital and the doctor said to me, um, we did everything we could but he's gone. Will you come with me to tell his parents? And I'd never been in that kind of situation before. And so I, we went down, talked to his parents, prayed with them, loved them. Um, actually, they came to our house and slept there that night. And the next day, we prayed with them and talked with them. And something supernatural happened. They began to find this peace. And we read about it in the Bible when it says the peace that passes understanding because there's no way you're going to have it in your understanding. And they found it. Let me say something to you. Sometimes the miracle of healing doesn't happen. But that doesn't keep the miracle of peace from happening. Sometimes the miracle of healing doesn't happen. But that never stops the miracle of peace from happening. And over the past 50 years, countless people have found that supernatural peace through the power of the Holy Spirit here in this place. You may need that today. There's no reason why you would leave without it. It hit home in 2019, very close to home. Uh, our daughter Julie was in her eighth month of pregnancy. Everything was going perfectly until it wasn't. And we lost our grandson, Ike. And, um, it was heartbreaking, heartbreaking for our family. And when we held a service for him in our living room, Julie and her husband Jordan requested two songs, Great is Thy Faithfulness, and It Is Well With My Soul. It's 
hard to describe how many tears were, were fell, <laughs> how much crying took place, but it's also hard to describe how supernatural the peace was that came over us and came over them. It's a peace that passes all understanding. Because when, when you trust in your power by the Holy Spirit, supernatural peace is yours. It is. 19 months later, well, I'll show you, I'll introduce you to my best girl, Moa. 19 months later, she was born. I couldn't help but think of that psalm. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. But you know what? Whether you're at a moment of weeping in your life or a moment of joy in your life or a moment where you're doing both, the supernatural peace of God is yours through the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I'm going to read one more scripture before Pastor Jason comes. What should we do as Christians? Ephesians 5, Paul wrote these words. Don't act thoughtlessly. He's writing to Christ followers, you and me. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I love this. I love that there's a choice that he's laying out. And he's saying, and again, he's talking to Christians. He's saying, you can be drunk with wine. You can chase things that are going to lead you to ruin, whether it's wine or some other addiction. It'll, you'll end up in the ditch on the side of the road. And every one of us, but it's a choice. He's, it's not something you're a victim, that you have no choice. That's what I love about why he says, do this, not this. And we all know people who have self-destructed because they've gone in that wrong direction. But I thank God there's a different direction. He says, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Live a life that's powered by the Holy Spirit. Live a life that's not just natural, but supernatural. Be a windsurfer. And he's saying, yes, it'll change everything if you are willing. And you notice that for those of you who have prayed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, he doesn't say, reflect back on the time nostalgically when you were filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, he's saying, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a prayer every day for the rest of our life. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you end up experiencing supernatural guidance. You end up experiencing supernatural healing. You end up experiencing supernatural peace. And that's why our prayer today, whether it's for you as an individual or for us as a church, is God, we want to be powered by your Holy Spirit.